Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am uh, doing great, Laura. I'm actually feeling quite spicy this evening, so I'm ready to go. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. I'm good, good. This You're is a good? good episode to be spicy on. You know, again, we've just been doing a lot of hard-hitting things right now with our abortion mm-hmm. series. If you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go check it out. There are currently two episodes that we have released and we have several more coming. Mm -hmm. They've been awesome, but you know, we need to um, step away from that sometimes and just have something that's a little bit more fun, yet this one is kind of spicy. But first of all, what are you drinking today? I have a cinnamon spice herbal tea. That sounds nice. It's quite good. It's again, one of my Tetley ones. I need to um I need to update the tea pantry with the teas that you help me get. Yes. A lot of them have caffeine in it. And listeners, I've been going on a caffeine detox for about I guess like a month and a half now. How's that working out for you? It's actually been pretty good. I feel like my energy is coming back. Oh good. Because I got into a weird stage with it where it stopped having the effect that it's supposed to have and it would just make me more tired. And kind of headachey and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try to stop. Uh, go, I'll try to go off of it. And it was kind of inspired um, by Organic Olivia, who also has stopped caffeine recently. And um, yeah, it's been good for the first like three weeks, four weeks. I thought I was gonna die, uh, just energy wise. I felt very tired, but this week I really feel like it coming back. To a point where I had so much energy in my body today that I was just like, this is making me a little anxious. <laughs> well, that's kind of perfect. I find mm-hmm. I go through cases where my body is like, it's caffeine time. And then, yeah. it, and then it's just like, no, no more caffeine. So it's kind of like a weird little switch yeah. that I'll do. Um, I think that's I, what happened to me because it's like, you know how they always say like when you go through caffeine withdrawal, people get migraines? Yes. I didn't have that at all. Like my body was really like, stop drinking this stuff. And I was like, right. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely fortunate when you don't have to go through the migraine and mm-hmm. detox symptoms of, of coffee and caffeine mm-hmm. withdrawal. I'm currently on a we need some coffee time that's right fair. now. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. What kind of tea are you having though? Does it I'm have drinking a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so your body really is going through a I need coffee and caffeine time. Yes, I was drinking a puer tea earlier today and then my boyfriend was going out and he brought me a coffee bag, just a small one. Nice. It, it was good. So I'm having a coffee with cream. Delicious. And um, after we record, I'm going to a candlelight yoga session. So I think it'll balance. Lovely. I have hopes. I think I'll balance Lovely. out. Yeah. It was a big horse show week for you last week. So yes. I think no matter how much caffeine is in your body, you're going to sleep beautifully. Oh my God. I am like just finally coming out of horse show hangover. And if mm-hmm. you know, you know. So I'm a little out of sorts, but I am starting to feel better. I'm getting a little bit more back on my routine. So yep. it's all good. It's all good. I'm here. Nice. I'm here. We are back recording. So, I missed you. Oh, I've missed you too. Yeah. It feels like it's been a while. Yeah. Know. Even though like we literally yeah. recorded just over a week ago. But I know. you know. We're so used to recording all the time that uh, it's in our routine, it was a little you know? strange when we took a little break. Yeah. But anyway, shall we get into our topic today? Yes. This is about to be very chaotic, everyone. Um, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I don't know where we're going with this. We're just going to be here. <laughs> we're along for the ride. 
Yep. We'll see what comes out. Yeah. Um, don't know what this is going to be called yet, but we kind of had an idea. And mainly it was just like we're finding that society is not enjoying things for what they are. And yeah. we have a couple of different avenues. And I think we really took the, um, would you say, entertainment approach to this topic? Yeah, I think um, mostly, at least in our discussions, we've been talking about movies and TV in particular, because that's just been such a, I don't, I think with like all the streamers, there's just so much chatter about these things. And then also celebrity culture, but mostly with music. That's kind of the venue that we've been playing around in, in our conversations. Yeah, definitely. Like my top threes when I was thinking about this topic were like, television, movies, Mm -hmm. music. You know, we are just inundated with so much content Mm -hmm. that we just can't like get enough of it. It's that dopamine addiction that we're getting Mm -hmm. and we just are not taking time to enjoy it. And we're always just so critical of Mm -hmm. what is coming out that I feel like we're just losing how much like joy we could actually take from something. Yeah. And I really think that attitude is starting to seep its way into just regular life as the world gets more and more into, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing coming out? We're starting to forget to enjoy the now and just experience things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's it's starting in the entertainment world, but it's like flooding over to our own lives mm-hmm. where, you know, we've we've worked hard for things, but we're not even taking time to be like, wow, look what I accomplished. It's just like, yeah. okay, what's next? What's next? Yeah. I'm bored. I'm bored. Let's let's move on. Um, like we're already moving on to the next thing before the current thing is even finished, really. Exactly. Exactly. And this is where we get this like need to want more things mm-hmm. when we really don't need it. You know, yeah. it's just like this overconsumption of things that don't really mean a lot to us. And that we're probably going to forget about one month down the road because there is such an influx of content and media and information. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a great place to start is (laughs) with a movie (laughs) series that has been coming out over the past couple of years. And people are going to probably go like, what? Why are you talking about this? And Mm -hmm. um, it's the, the fantastic beast series. Now you may or may not be a fan but even if you aren't, it's just kind of the perfect example mm-hmm. of people being overly critical of something. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I agree because this was actually where this conversation really took hold with us because we saw the recent installment of Fantastic Beasts together and we both really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. We felt like the movie was well made and stuff. And like, you know, maybe there's some concepts in it that, you know, didn't exist in the Harry Potter universe or something or something that feel, felt kind of random. But it's just like, you know, it's not Harry Potter, really. And I think where this conversation came from was because we both really enjoyed this movie, but all these people that we follow that do analyses of movies that we like we're really going hard against it. They're like, well, this isn't canon and like, what's that about and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with movies and TV in particular, this rise of review and analysis culture, especially on YouTube, 
yeah. has really caused this kind of culture of not enjoying things just for what it is to take hold. And I mean, I love the review channels. Don't get me wrong. I spend a lot of time on them, but we have to understand like their job is built around analyzing these movies or TV and seeing if it ties into canon and stuff, which is totally fair. But I've noticed that this overemphasis on like, oh, well, there can't be any plot holes at all. Like, where did this concept come from? This wasn't introduced in the book that was written 25 years ago and such has really affected the ability to just enjoy it for being a movie. Yeah. They're, they're not actually talking about, is it a good movie as just a standalone movie? It's, oh, this was a crappy piece of media because it doesn't seamlessly tie into everything in the universe that came before it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I am going to do a little mention slash shout out to Super Carlin Brothers because they are a huge review channel. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love their content. But Mm -hmm. again, going back to where this whole conversation stemmed from, it was from their reviews Mm -hmm. that they did. And they judged this series quite harshly. And and I think that they did say like, you know, no, we enjoy it. It's great. It's like, it's fine. Um, And we have to remember that on social media, especially YouTube, it's the headlines of like, find out why this was a terrible movie. Mm -hmm. That that's going to catch the views, right? Not the like, this was the best movie ever. (laughs) You know, Um, that's not that's not going to sell, right? You kind of need that little bit of angst to bring in those viewers. So like, we can't we can't like blame them Mm -hmm. for being a little harsh, but I agree with you. You know, there's this trend now of creating backstories or exploring different time periods within a universe. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at something that, you know, like Harry Potter, it was written in the 90s. It wasn't meant to withstand Mm -hmm. a story that is from a different time period that is now being told in our time period, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that like J.K. Rowling, who was the author of, of Harry Potter, had this plan to then come out with an additional series talking yeah. about a different time period, right? So I feel like we're just being so harsh and being like, oh my God, there's so many loopholes. And yeah, some things were kind of like, oh, that's, that's different. Like, that seems yeah. like, like, how did they know about that if that wasn't done till here? But we're just getting so stuck on canon and canon being absolutely flawless yeah and it can't and i feel like it's ruining a lot of people's experience of a piece Mm -hmm. of work that is actually a good story you know like i for one like i have really enjoyed that series and i i feel like i'm i'm a little bit more in the the ignorant Mm -hmm. camp you know the ignorance is bliss because i'm i'm very up to date on the harry potter movies and books and that kind of stuff but like I didn't ever really overanalyze it it was just kind of like oh there it is okay good story oh look we're telling a new story cool um I didn't overthink it that much but there is this large group of people who you know they know the ins and outs of every um Mm -hmm. backstory and and they're kind of picking apart and so when that message kind of seeps into me as a viewer I'm Mm -hmm. almost like oh, like 
should I not be enjoying this series? You know, it kind of makes me question my own thoughts and feelings around something. And I know we're just talking about Fantastic Beast series, but (laughs) apply this to anything. Okay. Like this is just an example that we're using. It really is just a template for for anything. And I Mm -hmm. feel like there are different series and just things in life that that this can be applied to that we're letting the overanalyzed viewpoints of other people become our viewpoints. And this is where we need to step back and be like, no, what do I actually think of this? For sure. And I want to give like a countering um, example here um, and another shout out to a review channel, which is the Nerd Soup YouTube channel, but they also have a podcast, which is primarily how I listen to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Nerd Soup. Yeah. Yeah. We found it together when um, Game of Thrones was on. And like, I, I religiously listened to it and I've recently been getting into House of the Dragon that's been coming out over the last few weeks. And you know, the hosts have a really great jokey mood about it. Like they don't take any stuff that seriously, but let's look at an example. Like, you know, House of the Dragon has George R.R. R. Martin working on the show, right? Mm-hmm. He's pretty much securing that this story can be viewed as almost seamless canon so they're really praising it for that but even then when it is really well made and there aren't a lot of plot holes and stuff and the reviewers are like this is awesome there's still people that are like "Mm, but it's missed this minuscule little thing so it's not good and it's just like can we just especially with like harry potter and you know game of thrones and lord of the rings like there's so much going on in those things like could you imagine having to balance all that stuff in your brain to make it all work it's really like we have this standard of perfection now that almost seems like inhuman because i don't know if i could write a seamlessly canon story could you no and another series i'm thinking about is uh star wars you know Mm -hmm. that is something that has uh explored multiple different time periods over the past 50 years and um now there's the new obi-wan kenobi show and i have not finished it yet but um that was another another piece of time that a story is being told about Mm -hmm. and i feel like from a creator's standpoint it's almost as if there's so much criticism Mm -hmm. that it makes me wonder that some of them are going to be like you know what i'm not even going to bother not going to bother And then we wouldn't have any of these stories. You know, there would be no additional Game of Thrones series. There would be no additional Star Wars, um, Harry Potter. And I feel like a lot of this stuff and why they explore these stories is, yes, that they were huge commercial successes, but it's fan service, right? Exactly. Like, it's just giving people who love something so much additional content. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to say this, but like, I think sometimes we just need to be grateful for that. Yeah. Because so many situations and things that were loved are never heard from again, right? Like, I know we get reboots and that kind of stuff, but it is so nice that we do live in kind of a, uh, how do I want to say this? Um, Not a streaming world, but like a time where creators are happy to explore Mm -hmm. additional plot lines. Mm -hmm. And, that's so great because in the past, you know, once a story was done, that's it's it. Done. It's done. Yeah. It's done. You don't get actors coming back, you know. Um, if it got syndicated, 
then great, you'd get to watch it again. But there was mm-hmm. so much time where like once that episode aired, you never saw it again. Yeah. I, I didn't think there was going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi show after watching the prequels in the early 2000s. But they were like, this could be an interesting time period. Let's give it to them. There's still parts of this relationship that we want to explore. And I think that's great. But I, I have an interesting question for you. And I know you are you don't like watch these too heavily. But do you think the existence of these cinematic universes that was kind of started by Marvel, do you think that has had an impact on this? Because that's a company that, you know, they sit down and they literally plot out everything years and years in advance. That it's almost the expectation that they've created, we've now applied to literally everything else when it wasn't supposed to be that. Hmm. No, I think that's an interesting concept. And I'm coming from a position where I don't know anything about the Marvel Universe. Like I'm, I've never been into the real superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I do understand that this is a – is it called a metaverse? I don't know. Um, like it's just Marvel universe. universe. Okay, cinematic, cinematic universe. universe. And yes, that is a great example of something that was thought out in advance with the plan of having – this universe and how in-depth that is, I don't know. Um, very, and now, very, I'm pretty sure apparently they have a guy that literally his job is to plot out the timeline. Oh, okay. So that that's a perfect example then for, for my point because that is now, like you said, the new standard, the new benchmark. And all of these old shows that were very popular and old content are now trying to fit onto that framework. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be perfect because the original content was created at a time where that didn't happen. Like it was just like – It wasn't made for that. No, it was linear, right? Like they're like, hey, Mm -hmm. here's this great story. It's this piece in time. We've told it. The end. Yeah. But now it's all being brought out from the past and being like, okay, how can we fit this on the framework of having all these additional plot lines? But Mm -hmm. it's a story that was close-ended. So I feel like that's where this uh, door for criticism is being opened because these original stories were never meant to be carried on. Exactly. I'm 100% in agreement with you there. And I think really what we need to do and what I would encourage people to do is to, instead of looking at it through the lens of like, well, how does this tie into everything else? Because, you know, it's kind of fun to do that because you create theories and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of theory channels out there, which are fantastic. I love them. But sometimes it's also okay to just look at what you're watching and be like, through its own merit, is this a good show or a good movie? You know, as opposed Mm -hmm. to, "Mm, this doesn't tie in seamlessly to something that was released 10 years ago. So therefore, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, like. We're not – We're. it's almost like we're not um, – like I don't know if we're not seeing the forest for the trees Yes, is a good example, yeah. but I feel like that – you know what I'm saying when I say that. It's I like do. It's like we're not just like admiring that piece of pie, <laughs> you know? We like are judging it by the whole pie. Yes, exactly. Or like really just a small piece, you know? Yeah. Like this one thing doesn't fit. Throw mm-hmm. away the whole thing, right? Like it's garbage, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I'm finding now, like I would sometimes like especially Game of Thrones was a good one mm-hmm. where I'd watch the episode, I'd watch a review. Yeah. Where now I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna finish the whole series. Yeah. 
and then maybe I'll watch reviews because by that point I have formed my own opinion of something Mm -hmm. and I'm very like strong in that opinion that then I don't feel as influenced if I'm watching a different opinion Mm -hmm. and listening to it where if I'm kind of doing that simultaneously I find that really like taints my view and then as I start to watch something further I'm like almost looking for errors Mm -hmm. and that really does take away from the enjoyment yeah well let's use an example and actually tie this back to Game of Thrones I will say season eight was not a good season but I remember at that time you and I were watching a review after every single episode and I remember at the kind of first two episodes I was like oh this is all right but the reviews themselves got so so negative episode to episode that I'm like if I actually watched this again like went back in time and didn't watch any of those and I didn't actually have that much knowledge of Game of Thrones itself would I have disliked it as much as I did if I had allowed my own opinions to form first before exposing myself to somebody else's Yes, I think that's a good point because when I think back to that last season, I actually remember enjoying most of the episodes. Like, yes, they mm-hmm. had a lot to tell. Yeah. Um, and I granted, I knew that they had a lot to tell. They needed three I more was seasons. Reviews. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you could definitely tell from even a viewer who didn't know that much about it, it was rushed that last season. For sure. And really, with the exception of the very last episode, um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was just like, yeah, okay, good. Got the, got the most of the story out. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, I, I think the last episode was a huge letdown. No matter that what, no matter what you sorry. get. And here we are getting critical. Oops. Um, We've had enough time to think about that episode through our own heart. Yes. That was just not, that was not it. Yeah. Yeah. And even the creators were like, oops, sorry, dropped the ball mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to leave that exception out. But mm-hmm. I kind of want to look at some fun ways that we have kind of had the opportunity to see a timeline. And I think the Pixar theory. Oh my God. I love the Pixar theory. Yes. If you know nothing about the Pixar theory, definitely go to Super Carlin Brothers channel. They have videos and videos of how every Pixar movie fits in on the timeline. Mm -hmm. And that is something I enjoy the analysis on because it doesn't affect the quality of a film. Mm-hmm. It's more just a cool way of like, hey, what are the links between all of these movies? Yeah. So that's something I am still here for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they're not um, – I mean, really, like the Pixar theory is just – it's a theory. No one yeah. – I don't, I don't think anyone's ever really confirmed it. But it's one of those things where it's been created because it's fun, not because it's an ex- expectation of the creators. Exactly. It's more just like a little bit of like, if you know, you know, situation. Yes. And yeah. then it's fun to watch these movies and be like, ooh, if it's in right here or mm-hmm. like that could be, but it, it doesn't actually take away from a movie that is a standalone, like can hold its own. It doesn't have to be related to anything else. Yeah. And I mean, you can watch one Pixar movie and three more can come out afterwards and then a fourth one comes out, you don't have to watch those ones in the middle. Like you're not missing anything. No, no, absolutely not. So it's kind of like a nice way that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, canon does not apply. Yes. All right. Let's move into music. 
Oh my god. <laughs> no one attack. I don't know us, if please. this topic is now gonna change. I feel like this this whole episode is just in like different chunks of I things know. that we're bitching about. <laughs> Wait, you know what? Sometimes this is what we need, okay? We have a lot of feelings. Yeah. No one attack us, please. No, we're, we're just, just getting some thoughts off of our off our chest about a few yeah. things. So this let's go into show. Music, all right. And <laughs> if if you listen to us, it's gonna be about Taylor Swift. All right. Yes. I have all a right. lot to say. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now we wanted to use Taylor Swift and it's because she's the most perfect example. Mm-hmm. This is a creator who has released so much content for us to love and enjoy and um we've now been blessed again of getting all the same content with additional tracks and bonus (laughs) tracks like how lucky are we who who else has done that in the music industry no one and i think as fans like like taylor's fans in particular they've almost become a little i don't know i don't want to say this like just not overindulgent, but kinda. Where, yeah. where I don't are um, spoiled because I don't want to be killed. No, no, like not like yeah, we're all spoiled to be getting all this content, but it's it's kind of been like like we know all the re-recordings are coming out, and it was ever since that time, it's like we've just become so much more demanding and hungry for more. Um, yeah. You know, all this stuff, there's a lot of albums for her to re-record. Mm-hmm. And we've already gotten a few of them back, like out, which is amazing. With wanting to do new projects as well. Yeah, yeah. And she's still doing new projects. Like at the time of this recording, we all know that Midnight's is coming out on October 21st, which is mm-hmm. awesome. So wow. it's amazing. Like the girl is in the middle of re-releasing everything and she comes out with a new album. Mm-hmm. That's a surprise. Love that for and- I know for a lot of people, they're just like, oh, it's been so long. Mm -hmm. But if you think back to before, Mm -hmm. we went years between getting a new album. Like getting an album plus every year, that's not normal, right? No, 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 no. And I feel it's just kind of creating this like, when is the next album coming out? When is the next album coming out? But, Mm -hmm. you know, we – we are obviously enjoying the things that have come out already, but it's mm-hmm. just like we spend a week being like, oh, it's the best thing ever. And then we're like, okay, when's next? When's it? Like, is it coming? Is it out yeah. yet? You know, why is she being so silent? Um, yeah. Like I remember back to when Red came, uh, Red was re-released, which, you know, I was vibing on that for like months and still mm-hmm. am really. Um, and, you know, like it had a bit more of a release promo, like she did quite a lot. for it but I remember like that week they were like looking at the color of her dress one day and being like oh that makes means that speak now is next and it's just like red came out five days ago yeah and you know there is part of me that I'm kind of the same way where I'm like oh I wonder which one is next and stuff but I wonder if the obsession with easter eggs and her Mm -hmm. almost caused this to get worse because she especially with like social media being way more of a presence and all of this stuff and her talking about it more where she's like you know like I've planted stuff like three years in advance yeah it creates an obsession where and I know like she's a very smart businesswoman pretty much everything she does 
can be considered an Easter egg for something in the future. Mm -hmm. But it takes away from just the enjoyment of where she's currently at and what music we're listening to in the current era because we're always trying to figure out what's next. And it's fun because it's like a puzzle piece to figure out. But it's gotten to a point where it's like we're forgetting to just like enjoy what is currently there. Like I wouldn't be surprised if when Midnight's come out the next week, people are like, okay, but when's 1989? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Like just we need to just kind of slow down Mm -hmm. a little bit because, you know, she might post a picture and, you know, yes, there's always something maybe hidden in it, but it's that over analyzation mm-hmm. of it and it just feels like like sometimes we're rushing her yeah. and to Taylor as a creator I just I wonder what that pressure is like exactly and I you know? think um that's kind of the thing is what I've always loved about Taylor is how quality mm-hmm. everything she puts out is like you know she takes the time and she like really puts her heart and soul into everything that she does that I worry with this pressure of like, oh, you only released one album this year. Why Mm -hmm. can't you release another? Like when's the next one coming? It does create that pressure of just like, oh, well now I have, like I can imagine it creates the pressure of like, okay, now I have to go rush the production of this one. And, you know, I think one thing we all need to keep in mind is folklore and evermore was the first time that she did that, where she released two in a year. Um, But just like everybody else, she was in lockdown. Yeah. And really had nothing else to do. You know, like she wasn't on tour. No. She wasn't going to be doing a lover fest anymore, right? Because it had to be – like it was postponed and then later it was canceled. And, you know, even in 2021, it was still kind of iffy on like – if Folklore and Evermore were going to have a tour and because of the pandemic and stuff. So, like, she kind of had that time that she hasn't had before to, like, you know, put out more music because she wasn't on tour. But, right. like, now the world's kind of back to normal. She's releasing a new album in a couple months. Odds are she's going to be going on tour next year. You know, like, things are kind of going to slow down again, I expect. Not slow down, but her focus is going to be in multiple different areas. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, other things are going to take attention for her. Mm -hmm. But I think we just need to appreciate uh, all the gifts that she has given to us since the start of the pandemic, but also appreciate that, you know, her genius, it takes time. Yeah. And I think like for a lot of artists, you know, this is what leads to burnout, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. trying to produce so much to keep fans happy. And it really makes me think of a quote that Taylor Swift in the Miss Americana documentary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's the, be new to us, be young to us, but only in a new way and only the way that we want. Reinvent yourself, but only in a way that we find to be equally comforting and a challenge for you. Mm -hmm. Live out a narrative that we find interesting enough to entertain us, but not so crazy that it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. And I feel like that really just encapsulates everything about fan culture. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, we need to give artists the space to 
live their lives and create mm-hmm. what they want to create without putting all this pressure of just like, oh my God, what's next? What's next? Yeah. You know, and I feel like that really was fast forwarded in, in recent years because before, you know, we went years mm-hmm. between a, an era with, yeah. with Taylor. Mm-hmm. I just, I really think that just the rise of social media throughout her career has kind of made this, brought us to this point. Because when mm-hmm. she first started out, like Instagram didn't exist. No. And then when Red was happening, like they kind of existed. And when 1989 was happening, it like existed a little bit more. And then Reputation came out and it, re- it, it was a thing. But now like it's in our hands 24 7 every single day that it's like people are itching for news and information and such where you know like we've talked about it before like in the early 2000s like content and stuff it didn't come at that speed no because it didn't have to you know our intention spans were longer (laughs) yeah absolutely and it kind of ties back to our first point that we were making of enjoying things for what they are Mm -hmm. because it's coming so fast Right? Like it's again this overconsumption and that need for more where yeah. we're not used to that as a as a human being. Mm-hmm. It's becoming an addi- like an addiction. Yeah. Like, you know, let's like look at, um, I don't know, 10 years ago when an album would come out, you'd get an album cover and the deluxe album cover. Mm-hmm. That was it. Now it's you've got the album cover, the cassette tape cover, the five special editions for vinyls that people are buying one of each Mm -hmm. and such and it's just like guys let's all just chill and just enjoy the art yeah you know we don't have to consume it in so many forms and expect so much of it on top of what we're already getting sometimes it feels like we're being a little a little greedy and i am a victim of that as well <laughs> oh for sure like i enjoy any piece of taylor content that comes out like even today on instagram i think she announced that she was releasing special edition uh vinyls mm-hmm. and of course on instagram i saw her profile picture with a little circle around it and i was like oh my god what's taylor. coming out of course I clicked on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is just even a reminder for ourselves to be like, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Stuff is going to come, right? It's going to come when it needs to come. Just enjoy everything that you have right now. Well, that that's an interesting way to look at it too if we get a little woo-woo. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. in my recent years, it feels like every time Taylor released an album, it really worked for the phase of life or the experiences I was having. You know, it really worked with that time period. And it's the album I needed at that time that pushing this like, oh, you have to put out like two albums a year because we want it. I feel like we'll eventually reduce that magic Mm -hmm. because when you're working that hard and putting that much stuff out, like your heart eventually is just not going to be in it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about it, like every album that she has released has been an era in her life and with the pressure of having to produce more and more and more to stay on top, it's Mm -hmm. almost just like, okay, when do you have time to live your life, Taylor? We want to make sure you're living your life so you can continue telling amazing stories. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So really, guys, we should all just give her some space. Yes. Yes. She needs needs to go live her life and then tell us all about it. And (laughs) I was kind of having a little joke with myself the other day on Midnight's talking Mm -hmm. about like the eras and how like 
she always writes content that's so relatable. I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, Taylor, what crisis are we going to have now? <laughs> what what will be making us cry? It's like, what era in my life are you going to take me back to to make me sob? I know. It's good therapy. You know, we're having time <laughs> to go back and, and consider <laughs> and resolve things. What unresolved trauma do I have that you are going <laughs> to bring out today? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's move into our final point. And it kind of, oh, this is this is where we get burned and oh, unsubscribed yeah. from. And that is something that's a little bit related to, I think, everything we're talking about. And that is yes. stan culture. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so I feel like stan is everywhere on social media, especially in the recent months. And mm-hmm. um, really what it is, is like an extremely and excessively enthusiastic and devoted fan, which that is which great. Is great. That That's is great. great. But the problem is <laughs> the origin of yes. this. And I feel like, I don't know if this is like a Gen Z thing or a younger person thing where Stan to them is like super fan. But if you're like a millennial kid, you are very well aware of maybe a certain music video called Stan and it's by Eminem. Um, I'm not a Gen Z. I'm actually a millennial, but I just watched that music video today for the first time. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Sorry I wrecked it for you. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. And I don't know, maybe I'm alone in this camp. But whenever I hear people talking about like, oh, I'm a stan, all I can think about is that music video. Yeah. Definitely go watch it if you haven't because it's really – the origin of it is stalker fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> And I feel sometimes that this is where all that kind of angst and pressure comes from is people are overly obsessed with a thing, a person, a show, a music, whatever you want. And um, yeah, we have to kind of step back a little, a little bit from that. And I find it leads to like a lot of aggression, especially online mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, there's bays, bees. You know, yeah. and it's just like if, if anyone has any commentary, probably this episode is going to be one of them. Um, probably. <laughs> you know, you get all the bees out on mm-hmm. on the comment and it's just like the fan base will destroy things. Mm-hmm. Like anything that doesn't maybe agree with their with their viewpoints. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the thing. Like everyone is allowed to have an opinion. And I, I've always kind of wondered about these really aggressive fan bases I kind of wonder what the artist thinks of them because when I think of Taylor yes. Swift like she's honestly like quote is one of the nicest people ever mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yet there are sometimes um certain groups that get really aggressive yeah and and opinionated on something that like you know not everyone likes Taylor Swift and you know what that's fine because like we don't like everything Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of artists that I'm like, oh, I don't care for, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give us the reason to like attack them. Yeah, and Taylor being like such a kind human being, I sometimes wonder what she thinks of like when her fan base is like attacking someone. Yeah, and I think um, kind of like springing off of this too is the jokes, especially on social media, that emerge. Mm -hmm. in these fandoms and with these stands, I guess, that it's a very public platform Mm -hmm. that you're using that, you know, 
I'm I'm sorry, Taylor Swift. Fan. I am a I am a Taylor Swift fan, but this was a very like annoying experience. Was when Red was re released, and then the whole Jake Gyllenhaal conversation mm-hmm. starts up again. And you know, like it kind of started as a joke, yeah, amongst the fandom, but then like it got so much hype, and then like it got to the media, and the media was talking about it again, and then like. People were attacking her ex-boyfriends over Instagram. It's just like, guys, like I'm pretty sure some of them got death threats, out. right? They did. Like, they yeah, did. And, and it's just like, come on, like, don't do that. No, because the thing is, Taylor's not holding grudges about that. She's actually friends no. with a lot of her exes, and you know, it's like water under the bridge, right? And mm-hmm. I know, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's response. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just like his comment to the All Too Well. And really the Red Album was just like, this is an artist who's telling their experience of something. Yeah. Right? Like he didn't bite mm-hmm. on that. And I I, I applaud him Same. for that. And I don't think Taylor as a person like wants her fan base attacking other people just for what mm-hmm. she stands for as a person. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, – it is trying to like move past and, and always be kind. Yeah. And I think um... – just with all fan bases like this, it oftentimes can cause more harm to the artist than love. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's times where I look at a lot of fan bases like this where like these big, I'm going to use the word super fan because I mm-hmm. kind of, just, that's how I look at this in particular, where these super fans, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you guys are kind of meaner to them than their haters are. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like unintentionally more harm is caused than good, Mm -hmm. you know, with these fandom jokes and all of this stuff where it's just like, guys, we just need to step back and remember, you know, movies are one thing where they're fictional characters, right? Like we can kind of say what we want, but when it's a music fandom and they are real people, we have to remember that they're real people. It's the same thing with a movie comes out. A actor who is really lovely plays a really horrible person. Mm-hmm. Hate the character, not the actor. Yeah. So. No, I think I think you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Um, yeah. please everybody well, don't come at us. <laughs> well, and and just kind of like as a final point, I think this is where you know when the when the fandoms make such a big deal over a person or a situation. Um, mm-hmm. to the general population that's maybe not on the know and in the in the know of mm-hmm. what happened, I think that's where the stereotypes are put on yes. to a certain artist. Like, and Taylor's a perfect example. You know, in the media, there's a lot of generalizations about her, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's the fandoms that fuel that fire mm-hmm. a little bit. So, well, again, going back to Red. Suddenly, the debate of Taylor Swift just writes a song about her exes came back to the forefront because mm-hmm. everybody was focusing on, oh, this was about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, I don't need, like 10 years ago. It's a completely different energy now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like Taylor is not still hung up on Jake, guys. I don't, I don't think that's a problem for her. No, I, I think she's okay. I think she's okay. So yes. So anyway, if you're a big fan of something or someone like awesome, just mm-hmm. remember sometimes I think the, the energy that you were putting out 
Um, yes. That's kind of all. Yeah, important caveat I want to make here because you know I was a boy band girl when I was growing up, and mm-hmm. you know stand culture is very similar to boy band fangirling. Okay, um, if you really like somebody and they have some friends or they're dating somebody and maybe you don't really like them or whatever, don't threaten them. No. You know? <laughs> like, that's their life. Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah, you know? exactly. And also, especially when somebody is like friends or dating somebody that, you know, isn't really in the public eye, don't force them to be something that they're not, you know? They are just that person's partner or friend. They are not now the possession of the public just because of that. Yeah. And I think like just going off of that again, it's just like, you know, artists and celebrities, yes, they might be in the public eye, but I think they also have a right to their privacy and mm-hmm. and we need to respect that. Yes. hundred percent. So anyway, we are now canceled. Um, <laughs> it's been a good run, Rachel. We had a good time. Um <laughs> After this episode comes out, if we don't see any more, we got canceled. And yeah, um, uh, we will yeah. not be promoting this episode on Reddit. No. <laughs> so <laughs> if you found us through Reddit on particular fandom subreddits, it was nice knowing you. We hope you stick around. And uh, we have a couple more Taylor Swift episodes coming. So we do. We, we have more Taylor Swift coming. So like, don't worry. We are ready to record it and we can't wait for Midnight's to come out and we do our mm-hmm. analysis episode. But we're just promoting self-awareness self-awareness people and like you know we are not perfect over here we always need to remind ourselves to keep keep ourselves in in check here so exactly anyway that's all i have rachel yeah that's all i have too i hope um i hope you guys will still stick with us after this and not leave sad reviews because that would make us sad (laughs) please um, no one stars it hurts us (laughs) if you enjoyed this episode um please uh leave us a review on Apple Podcasts um, and leave us a rating on Spotify. And um, if you have anything you want to talk to us about, you can email us at our email. It's teawithlaurachel at gmail.com. If you want to tell us off, that's the place to do it. Yep. Send us an email if you're mad. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea.